We asked a marketing expert for one strategy that would yield 20 new clients in the next 60 days. What did he suggest? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of Shift Shapers is brought to you by Benazon Healthcare Advocacy. Your clients and their employees expect more service, more responsiveness, and more help than ever before. You need to focus on building your book. How do you do both? Benazon. To learn more, go to benazon.com or click the Benazon logo at the top of the shiftshapersonline.com page. How can you be the first to know about each week's podcast and get on the list for special listener-only content? It's simple. Go to shiftshapersonline.com and click the subscribe button. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're talking with Scott Cantrell. Scott is the chief marketing strategist at Bottomline Solutions. Scott and I are old friends. I'm pleased to have been able to corral a little bit of his time for him to share his expertise with you, our audience. He wears a whole lot of hats at his job, but he does have a keen sense of how to position ideas with different audiences. And so I thought today we'd discuss something that everybody does, but not everybody does well. And it's kind of our back to basics idea. And that's prospecting. And Scott's got something he calls the million dollar prospecting marketing lesson that he's going to share with us. So with that, welcome, Scott. Thank you, David. Glad to be here. Glad to be on Shift Shapers, a fantastic program, my friend. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the kudos. Before we get into the details, what's wrong with how most people prospect? I mean, you either do it well or your kids get skinny, right? (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. It really is the question. You know, when I came into this world of insurance and my business partner, Nelson Griswold, I like to say that he drafted me into this industry for better or for worse, but I have enjoyed my time here. But one of the things that I saw first and foremost, and I know you see this too, David, is you look across the industry and, and whether you're talking about agencies or vendors or carriers, in terms of a marketing approach and a prospecting approach, the industry is relatively backward. And I don't mean that offensively. I just mean that as a reality. And for agency owners, it's a tremendous opportunity. So, you know, your question about how is prospecting being done in the industry and, you know, where is it, where are the key challenges? We ask, we survey all of our clients and our prospects and we ask them, what is your key challenge? What's the one thing that keeps you up at night? And consistently, consistently the answer is being able to bring in enough new high quality prospects on a consistent basis. So when you ask, you know, what's the state of prospecting in our industry or what's wrong with the prospecting in our industry, the, the thing that's wrong with it is that the current model that's being utilized is a traditional model and traditional prospecting doesn't work anymore. I, I like to tell people that, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore. So what worked even 10 years ago, much less 20 and 30 years ago or 40 years ago, simply not going to work today. You think of the current model and there's sort of four key elements that we point to, and, and maybe there's others, but these are sort of the key ones that people point to. Maybe they're buying internet leads, they're finding some kind of lead program that they're tapped into, and, and sometimes those leads are good and sometimes they're not. 
besides that, they're waiting and hoping to get referrals. You know, they, they're believing that their superior service will somehow command their clients to go out and, and uh, be advocates for their business. And, and that does happen. And it's great when it happens, but it's, it's not a strategic process. It's a, it's a process built on hope. You know, going out to networking events and meeting and networking with people, that's a tremendous activity and a very productive way to spend your time. But again, it's not something that you have direct control over. And then ineffective advertising. So in the past, it would be yellow pages, but today it might be, you know, spending a lot of time and energy in, so, in the wrong social media function or trying to be number one on the front page of Google for three or four keywords or terms. You know, those things, those four things, buying internet leads, referrals, going to networking events, ineffective advertising, those are the sort of the traditional models. And you may see marginal success prospecting in that way. But here's the one thing they sort of all have in common when they're not done properly or when they're done poorly. And unfortunately, that's the way a lot of our prospecting is done in this industry is all of those tactics revolve around the agency chasing down the prospect. And if you're the one chasing down the prospect rather than having the prospect chase after you, then that there's something wrong with that dynamic. You know, I use the example of if you're putting your groceries away in the trunk of your car and out of the corner of your eye, you see this person, you know, running at you, chasing after you, you know, what's your immediate response is to either turn around and, and fight the guy and be, you know, be very resistant or is to flee, is to run away. And so I call this the prospecting paradox. And it's especially true in our industry is that, you know, we spend so much time trying to get in front of prospects and we chase after them and either they're resistant to our approach or they simply run away. And so the paradox is, how can we communicate to the marketplace in such a way that we're not chasing after the prospects, but we're changing that dynamic and we're actually getting the prospects attracted to us to actually chase after us and our expertise. And I think that paradox, that dynamic is something that's really, really important. And the, and the firms and the agency leaders who understand that paradox, number one, who are aware of it, and then the ones who take action to change that dynamic are the ones that are having the most success and who are able to consistently get in front of enough high quality prospects you know, in their marketplace. So let's talk about changing that dynamic. Mm -hmm. What's step one? So there are sort of four steps to this dynamic. And step number one is about market selection. So if you think about who you most want to be in front of, not all prospects are created equal, not all clients are created equal. So one of the exercises that we walk our clients through is to look at your current book of business and identify the clients within your book of business that if you could just wave a magic wand, who would you want to duplicate? Who would you want to replicate? And once you've identified those, you know, that top 5% of your book or that top 10% of your book, look at the commonalities between those individual clients. And that list of commonalities, that, that list of common criteria becomes the basis for your target market. And so now your goal is to go out into the marketplace and select market selection. Step one to select and identify those prospects that fit inside the bullseye of that target market, the ones that meet the most of those common criteria that you just cited from your top clients. And once you've built out that list, that list, by the way, doesn't have to be huge. And this is another place where, you know, it's so easy to go wrong. You know, we want to spread our message out into the entire marketplace so that everybody's aware and so that we're visible. But the reality is, is that your universe of clients, your universe of, of prospects that you really want to attract to you is not a massive number. 
for the average independent agency, you know, it should be somewhere between, we teach that list should be somewhere between 100 and 300 prospects in that universe. And when you shrink that universe down from 3,000 or 5,000 to 100 to 300, suddenly your marketing dollar, your marketing time, your marketing effort can go a whole lot further. So the first step is really in identifying who you specifically want to be in front of. Well, that's always important. And do you just simply look at your client list or do, what if you, you're aspirational and you say, well, I've been in this market for a long time and I've got some good clients in this market, but I now want to market product Y or concept Z. How do you go about it when you don't necessarily have a built-in cohort of, of existing clients on a particular vertical? Yeah, excellent question. Excellent question. So there's sort of two ways to go about this. One is to identify the clients you want to replicate, which is what we just talked about. And one is the method that you're alluding to, which is when you have a new value proposition that you've either just acquired or you've developed, and you know that this value proposition could have tremendous impact for a client. And so at that point, the way we teach going that way, leading, you know, beginning with the value proposition and beginning with the solution, identify who or the types of, of prospects, the types of organizations where that value proposition is going to have the most impact. So, you know, if you think about, if you've got a solution to employ turnover, I'm just pulling something out of the air. If you've got a killer solution to employ turnover and to retain employees above and beyond all the classic, you know, employee benefit planning strategies, you got something killer. Well, obviously, you don't need to look at organizations where they have a steady, low turnover rate. You need to look at high turnover uh, type organizations. I don't know that restaurants is a good example, but because of the benefits issue, they often don't offer benefits. But that's a good example in terms of high turnover. And there's a number of industries where turnover is consistently high. So just look at which organizations your value proposition will have the best impact and start there. To answer your question, if you've identified a niche that you really want to be in, for whatever reason, either you enjoy the people in that niche or you find that that industry interesting or fascinating or you think it's just going to be a lucrative opportunity for your agency. You know, the way to begin there is simply to engage leaders of those organizations, whether it be on LinkedIn or through a quick phone call or sending out a survey and really educate yourself and do the market research into that niche and industry and find out where their specific key pain points are. You know, so often we'll have an agency and they'll say, I want to go in this this industry and I've got this solution. I want to take this solution into this industry and without much strategic thought. They just, you know, want to tactically do that. And they may be successful, but that's sort of rolling the dice. If they haven't done the proper research into that industry and really found out where the demand is, where those needs are, where the solution is going to have the most impact, then, you know, again, they're, they're rolling the dice and they're hoping that the solution that they love so much is going to be compatible with the industry they love so much. And that's not necessarily true. And now a word from our sponsor. Today, you're being pulled in multiple directions. Employers want you to deliver a higher level of service and employee satisfaction, and you want more time to grow your business. How do you do both? Benazon Healthcare Advocacy is the answer. Benazon helps plan members understand, utilize, and maximize their health plan and answers their benefits questions while you improve productivity, increase client retention, and grow your book. The best part about partnering with Benazon is that your agency gets all the credit. Clients see your logo, while the Benazon team of subject matter experts work to ensure resolution to specific member information and service requests. Each agency gets a dedicated telephone number and year-round, 24-7 customer support that answers the phone with your agency name. Turn your benefit on with Benazon. For more information, 
go to www.benazon.com or click their logo on the Shift Shapers website. Benazon. Healthcare as it should be. Now, back to our interview. So we're about halfway through our interview. Let's make sure we get through all four steps. What's step two? Step two is prospect accessibility. So, you know, once you've identified the market and you know who you want to go after, the question is, where can you find them? And accessing, actually getting access to the prospect is vital. And so there are sort of three questions you can uh, ask yourself to help you get access to the prospects. Number one, what does your target market read, watch, and listen to? In other words, where are they consuming content? How can you get in front of their eyeballs or get uh, you know, in their mind, in their ears? The second question is, with whom does your target market associate? So do these ideal clients, uh, these ideal prospects that you've identified, do they have an association meeting? Is there a group of business owners? Is there a CFO organization or symposium or group that meets within your city? So you want to identify how you can get in front of a group of them, identify where they go, who they associate with. And then the last question I've already alluded to, where does your target market go? What conventions do they attend? What meetings are they uh, part of, etc.? And really, this is about identifying where are their eyes, where are their ears, and where, where are they physically going to be? Because you've got to make sure that your message or your business is in front of them in a consistent way, not where they're not, but where they are. And so that's step two, prospect accessibility. Okay. So to recap, first, we figure out who we want to go after. Then we figure out where they live. Right. Precisely. Third step is? Third step is effective messaging. So this goes to your core value proposition or you, your unique selling proposition. And a couple of quick notes here that are that are tactical that, that I think will really be advantageous to your listeners. You know, the methodology that we teach is a direct response style marketing. And so this is not branding. This is not getting people to recognize your logo. Uh, that's, that's incredibly valuable. I'm not trying to diminish that. That's incredibly valuable. But when we're talking about effective messaging, remember, we're only going after 100 to 300 prospects at a time, that small universe. And so we send a message to them or we put a message in front of them. We want to make sure we're asking them to respond in some direct way. And so that's where the direct response messaging or the direct response marketing kicks in. That means that every message Every single message that we send out to that small universe of ideal prospects that we've just identified, we're going to ask them to respond. And we're going to ask them to respond, and we're going to dangle a carrot in front of them. We're going to give them something of real tangible value. So maybe that's an infographic that explains ACA compliance. It might have to be a really big infographic to do that. But, you know, maybe it's a white paper that explains the three ways to reduce your employee turnover in the next 90 days. You know, whatever that lead magnet is, that's what we call it because it attracts prospects that you want to you, that lead magnet. We're going to have a call to action. That says something like, go to our website and download our white paper, or go to our website and register to see our webinar, or call our office to request your free strategy session on XYZ. And we're always going to give them something of value, usually information, some kind of content that scratches an itch that they have right then and there. So if you just concentrate, if you don't take away anything else from this interview, if you just make sure that your marketing messages contain a call to action you know, backed by some kind of valuable delivery, a valuable item that you're going to give away, that, that just by itself will improve your marketing tremendously. And so that's effective messaging. It's important to message effectively, and yet so many people don't do it. And we see things all the time. You know, back when I was running my marketing practice, mm -hmm. we, we see folks bury the lead. Right. We see folks with an, a message without a hook. Why is this important to your listener? Are there other elements that they need to be aware of when they're crafting this marketing message? 
Well, I think I think you really just you know hit the nail on the head with one of them, David. I mean, this headline. When when you think about how magazines are sold, or how books are sold, or how newspapers are sold, or how news is sold on, on TV or online, it's all about the headline, right? It's all about that blurb that's under the video box that you're going to click. It's all about that black and white headline on the newspaper. It's all about those five or six catchy headlines that are on the magazine cover that tell you what page to go to. That is incredibly important. So if you think about an email, that subject line is the hook. It has to be compelling and it has to be valuable to the reader. It's not about what you think about your message. It's about the perception that your reader, your prospect is going to, to view it. So, you know, with an email, with a phone call, it's the same way. In conversation, it's the same way. So don't think that, you know, just because you're already on the phone with them and having a dialogue that you need to let that hook go away. No, no, no. When you begin a conversation with a prospect, you lead with the hook. I mean, lead, lead with that headline and say, listen, you know, the reason I wanted to talk with you today is because I want to go through the three things that you can do in the next 90 days to reduce your employee turnover. Well, now all of a sudden, they're compelled and they're interested because you're scratching their itch right where they are. The same is true with the title of a white paper. It doesn't need to be, you know, sterile and and boring. It needs to be sexy and compelling. Same thing with an infographic. Any kind of message or any kind of document, any kind of piece of content that you produce needs to have a compelling title, a compelling hook around it. I think, you know, that's the other piece just to get the attention of the person long enough so that they will at least consider taking the next action that you're asking of them. Absolutely. So let's let's round up with step four. And step four really is what you talked about at the top of the interview, the million-dollar marketing lesson. And if we want to give a, a more direct name to step four, it's about delivering the message to your market. And so I call it delivery methods, but step four is delivering the message to your market. It's the vehicle that takes the message and gives it to your market. And this is the million dollar marketing lesson. It's a, it's an interesting story. I was conducting a marketing seminar a number of years ago, even before I came into the insurance space and I just finished my lecture and I was feeling all good about myself and I was standing up on stage doing a Q&A and I had several questions come up and I answered them. And finally, this gentleman came up to the mic. I don't, I don't remember his name because I, I'm, he's overshadowed by the question that he asked. And he looked at me and he said, Scott, listen, I love everything you've talked about. I understand it. I just have one question for you. I said, go ahead, sir. He said, listen, I just want to know one way, one method, one strategy that'll put the odds in my favor to attract 20 new clients to my business in the next 30 days. Well, of course, he's asking for the magic pill, right? He's asking for the silver bullet, which doesn't really exist. It's a hard question to answer, especially when you're put on the spot as the so-called marketing expert. And I thought for a second and I said, sir, I don't know of one, I was just honest, I don't know of one strategy that will bring you 20 clients in the next 30 days. And then in the back of my head, something went off and I said this, but sir, I do know of 20 ways that I can get you one new client in the next 30 days. So the result is the same. And that's the million dollar marketing lesson. I think that small businesses across industries forget about, but it's especially true in our space. You know, in our space, we'll send out a producer or an agency owner. We'll just have one or two marketing methods that they hope they hope will work like referrals or networking. And then maybe they empower their producers with one strategy, or maybe they don't, or maybe they're only doing one thing on LinkedIn. The point is, it's not enough to have one line out in the water, hoping that you catch that one fish that you can reel into the boat, you know, one at a time. This is about diversifying your prospecting efforts and using multiple marketing methods simultaneously. 
So, so the metaphor that we use, and I'll quickly go through this, the metaphor we use is this idea of a fisherman out in the boat, which you've already heard me allude to. If you think about whether you're a producer or an agency owner, if you think about being out in the rowboat, you've got your fishing line out in the water. First thing you want to do is you want to make sure you're fishing in a lake that has fish. <laughs> and you want to make sure that you're in the part of the lake where the kind of fish you want to catch gather, where they live. If you're not there, if you, you know, if you don't have prospect accessibility, right? If you're not where the fish are, you're not going to catch any of the fish that you want. So the first thing is to be out in the rowboat, know what kind of fish you want, and know where they are in the lake. So that's prospect accessibility. Then you've got to make sure you've got the right bait on the end of the hook to catch the fish. Remember, you want to attract them to you. You don't want to chase down. If you've ever tried to chase a fish, <laughs> it's kind of a kind of a silly idea. You've got to attract the fish to you. Same thing with your prospects. In order to attract the fish to you, you've got to have the right bait. You put the wrong bait on the hook, you're going to get no fish or you're going to get the wrong fish. And so you've got to have the right bait on the hook. And then you cast out your line. And when you cast out your line, that's a delivery method. That's a way that you deliver your message, the bait, to your target market, the fish. But if you're only throwing out one line, that is incredibly limited capacity. And you know what? That line may never get noticed. In fact, all the fish may be on the other side of the boat and they may never see that line in the water. So you need to cast out multiple lines out into the water. And this does a few things. Number one, it makes you more visible in the marketplace, but it also gives you an exponential or a multiple numbers of opportunity for those target prospects to find you, to latch on to that bait so that you can pull them in as fast as you possibly can. And that's the million dollar prospecting lesson, David, just to not limit yourself to one or two or even three prospecting strategies, but make sure you're putting as many lines as you are capable, as many lines as you can afford to invest in. They don't all have to cost money, by the way. Put out as many lines out into the marketplace, out into the lake of your target prospects as you can. If they miss one of the lines, they'll get caught on another. If they swim past two of them, they're going to get caught on the, the fourth one. And so in that way, you can be getting prospects on a consistent basis to put into your pipeline and move into your sales process. Great information, Scott. And it always comes back to the basics. I appreciate you doping this out for the audience. And, and we all knew this stuff once upon a time, and then we get rich and famous and we stop knowing what we know and we right. get too fancy. And this is all really basic blocking and tackling, isn't it? At the end of the day, it is. You know, if anything, you know, hopefully this gives some structure so that someone can sort of filter their own prospecting activity through these, these four areas, you know, market selection, prospect accessibility, effective messaging and delivery methods. If an agency owner or producer is, you know, out there listening to this, think about what you're doing to attract prospects. And if you're not strategically thinking about all four of those steps, then go back and look at where you have, you know, where you have a weakness or where there's a breakdown point and focus in on that area. It may be that you're simply selecting the wrong market. It may be that you're not going where you need to go. It may be that your message is poor, or it may be that you only have one line in the water when you need to have six or seven. Scott Cantrell, Chief Marketing Strategist at Bottom Line Solutions. Scott, thanks again for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. Thank you, David. It's been my honor, my pleasure. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.